there's not much question, right, that the wealth of this country, the power of this country, was built in significant part, not exclusively, maybe not even the majority of it, but a large portion of it was built on the backs of slaves. The White House, maybe. Uh, they built, uh, they built uh, the house I stayed in for a while. What is also true is that even after the end of formal slavery and the continuation of Jim Crow, the systematic oppression and discrimination of black Americans resulted in black families not being able to build up wealth not being able to compete. And that has generational effects. So if you're thinking of what's just, you would look back and you would say, the descendants of those who suffered those kinds of terrible, cruel, often arbitrary injustices deserve some sort of redress, some sort of compensation, a recognition. How do you, as president, knowing all of the above, push or prepare the nation for something that feels, as you say, so justified? Well, or not. And so this then brings us to, could you actually get that kind of justice? Could you get a country to agree and own that history? And my judgment was that as a practical matter, that was unattainable. We can't even get this country to provide decent schooling for inner city kids. And what I saw during my presidency was that the politics of white resistance and resentment, the talk of welfare queens, and the talk of the undeserving poor, and the backlash against affirmative action, all that made the prospect of actually proposing any kind of coherent, meaningful reparations program struck me as politically not only a non-starter but potentially counterproductive and it's perfectly understandable why working class white folks middle class white folks folks who are having trouble paying the bills or dealing with student loans or you know don't have health care where they feel like government has let them down wouldn't be thrilled with the idea of a massive program that is designed to deal with the past, but isn't speaking to their future. You're saying we live in a country where we can do that for bankers on Wall Street, but we can't do it for a part of the population that's been struggling for so long. Well, I promise you, white folks don't like that either. But look, even though I was convinced that reparations was a non-starter during my presidency, I understand the argument of people I respect, like Latana Ozzy Coates, that we should talk about it anyway. 
if for no other reason than to educate the country about a past that too often isn't taught, and that's basically rather forget. In H.R. 40, the Commission to Study and Develop Reparation Proposals is the answer to the original sin. Uh, and it goes back full circle to everything we've been talking about, the bridge between America as it is and as we mythologize it to be. The only way that you can bring those two things together is to do an honest accounting and then do the work. I'm not willing, and I know you aren't either, to abandon the ideal because the ideal is worthy. But the ideal, this more perfect union of ours, is far from where the reality has been. And, and so there's some who argue, let's just get rid of the ideal. I, I think you need a North Star. You need some place to point to. I'm completely to. with you on that. But what I also think is you can't get to where you want to go if you don't know where you are. Absolutely. First thing is to get your current coordinates. And I think what I've been shocked about recently is finding our current coordinates <laughs> were not quite as as, as firm as <laughs> firm as I thought they were. <laughs> you, know, you thought we'd already we already we already passed uh, some of those landmarks. The marching in the polo shirts with your tiki torches. <laughs> I thought that that was kind of over, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You thought you thought we weren't debating Nazism anymore. Yeah, that sort of. That just <laughs> thought that was settled back in '45. Those, those little things, you know. Yeah. I I'd been led to believe, like, eh, you know, and and so to find out that these are not just, you know, meandering veins in our extremities, but that continue to be in our through the heart of the country, that that's that that's a call to arms, and and uh, you know, let's just know obviously how much how much work we have left. Yeah, I always say to people, I, I believe in the upward forward trajectory of humankind. Um, I'm with you on that, but I do not believe that it is a straight and steady line. It's very I, I, <laughs> you are zigging and zagging, and That's you go right. backwards, and you do some loops. The arc of, and the arc of history, was that it? The yeah, arc, the arc, arc of moral universe yeah. is long. It bends towards justice, but not right. in a straight line. Not in a straight line. You can bend down, and, and, and that's been true uh, throughout our history. is brought to you by Comcast. Students from low-income families need access to the internet and computers to level the playing field. And for the last decade, Comcast has been helping students get ready. They've connected over 4 million students from low-income families to low-cost, high-speed Xfinity internet through Internet Essentials, the nation's largest, most comprehensive internet adoption program. They're working with hundreds of school districts across the country to sponsor free internet and have provided more than 135,000 laptops. 
Now, they're launching 1,000 Wi-Fi connected lift zones in community centers nationwide, creating safe spaces where students and families can get online to access the resources they need to help address the homework gap. Comcast is on a mission to advance digital equity, close the digital divide, and help connect as many Americans as possible. Learn more at comcast.com education.
this incident occurs and I start to think about it. I go, okay, skin, skin is destiny. Um, it's like what a privilege it is to forget that you live in a particular body. White people can do that. Black people can't do that. So that was what was at the center of that piece of music. And the rest was addressing our mutual fear of one another. It all starts with fear. Hatred comes later, but it all starts with fear. Everything we've got going in our uh, systemic, systemic racism we have here in America today, where does it come from? People are scared. What are they scared of? Demographic change. They're scared of the country becoming some place where black and brown voices become louder, more influential, more powerful, more equal. Losing, that's a, losing status. Yeah, losing status. That's a big part of what we have. Uh, I'm going to maybe play a little bit of this one. Sure. Go ahead. Yeah. You know, uh, let, let's let's, give, let's get a little sample. Secret, my friend, you can get killed just for living. 
Oh. 